This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Baba? Yes, my son. Tell me a story. The story of home. Millions of years ago, a meteorite made of vibranium struck the continent of Africa. And when the time of men came, five tribes settled on it and called it Wakanda. The tribes lived in constant war with each other until a warrior shaman received a vision from the panther goddess Bust who led him to the heart-shaped herb, a plant that granted him superhuman strength, speed, and instincts. The warrior became king and the first black panther, the protector of Wakanda. The Wakandans used vibranium to develop technology more advanced than any other nation. To keep vibranium safe, the Wakandans vowed to hide in plain sight, keeping the truth of their power from the outside world. And we still hide, Baba? Yes. Why? BFM 89.9. It is 7.39 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is our supercut. You are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And, okay, I think it's going to be a spicy one today. I'm just going to set that out. Uh, We are talking about overrated films. In other words, movies that you've heard so much about, that the critics, your friends, your family, uncles, aunts, everybody surrounding you, shoving tickets at you, yelling at you, watch this, watch this. (laughs) And then you watch it and it's just not that great. I can't believe you said that right after the Black Panther. Yeah, I did it for a reason. I know, I I can tell. (laughs) It was also partly to stop myself um, from doing the accent, which I understand is an absolutely undoable joke. I get it, but nobody listens to Black Panther and, you know, doesn't want to say De Power. It's just not possible. (laughs) You just want to do it. So here's the thing about Black Panther, right? I actually genuinely love that movie. Um, I had such a great time watching it in the cinema. I got all of the feels. I had goosebumps. I teared up in one part. I think the overratedness or the overhypedness of it happened gradually and over time. It's almost like the mythos and the, this is the best superhero film of all time. It means so much. Yeah. And and it does mean a lot, right? Like, Mm. that's true. I... It pains me to say it's overrated, so I'm actually not going to say it um, because I know other people on the show are. Uh, but I can see where that comes from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love I love that we chose to play Black Panther just to drive home what we're trying to do here, like just to drive that message home. Um, because it's, it's complicated, right? You can take like an, a big award movie and you can call it overrated and it's easy. Like you can say Nomadland overrated and, and people are like, yeah, you know, whatever you think. But Black Panther, because of, like you said, cultural significance, it means so much to so many people. Then you have the sentimental value. Um, it's so difficult to criticize because of what it stands for. The I knew that it was overrated for me when it got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Same. Exactly. Yeah. And that's when I thought, like, wait, so what happened to The Dark Knight? Like, just looking at uh, superhero movies, I was like, what happened to The Dark Knight? What happened to Logan? Like, those, I could argue, are 10 over 10 movies. Black Panther, I, it's not a 10 over 10. It's iconic. It's amazing. It's a top-tier Marvel film, and I love it, love it, love it. 
it's not a 10 over 10. Right? I, I okay. So I came into Black Panther relatively late. I'm not sure why. Um, I We reviewed it, I think, right? Did we? No, the show hadn't started then, I think. Uh, you mean there was a time? <laughs> you know, pre-popcorn culture. Yeah, BPC. <laughs> what are you even saying? Um, no, but I, I think because of that, I, I came to it later. Um, and therefore, I, I remember having had like a week or so of it having come out, of people going, you know, doing the, the thing saying Wakanda forever and just having this overwhelming reaction to it. And I I have a couple of thoughts. I think that coming into movies with a lot of hype, we know this, can go very wrong very quickly where you're like, if you'd come in with reasonable expectations, there wouldn't be so far to drop. But when you've had people tell you repeatedly, this is so good. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, and and I say this, you know, you said earlier, Shamila, it means a lot. And it really does. I don't want to underplay that. But I think that the its cultural significance is different around the world. And um, it, it's hard not to acknowledge that when you talk about its impact, because I think it should have a greater impact for uh, people in Africa in the, and in the African diaspora. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I understand how people of colour around the world also saw finally uh, a superhero of colour, and, and that has a lot of meaning too. But the strength of it will differ around the world and across cultures. And I think that it didn't have, and and that's fine, um, the same impact it had outside of America, outside of Africa, outside of countries with large African diasporas. And that's okay. I think, you know, part of representation is saying also that you need to be able to recognize when something isn't necessarily made for you. And the Oscar thing is actually significant, right? Because the examples that you gave, Dark Knight or Logan, Mm. those are movies that genuinely do something new with the superhero form. Uh, Black Panther takes the superhero form and creates an amazing homage to... um, the African identity. That's very different. They don't break the mold. They just use the mold and say, hey, here's what's been missing. Um, does that make it an exemplary movie? I'm not sure. I think it, I, and I think it's fine, you know, it doesn't need an Oscar for it to be a great yeah, film. No, yeah. um, but I agree with you that for me, that was when I was like, you're just making up for the fact that you haven't represented black people enough in the Oscars. You're making up for the fact that until mm. now you've ignored movies like The Dark Knight. So the Black Panther becomes a convenient way to address that. I mean, also, like, let's just call a spade a spade, right? That movie had unfinished CGI, like famously unfinished PlayStation level effects and in the third act. Um, and I think like, you know, those things matter. Like at the end of the day, when you watch something and it's such a visual medium, it has to look good. Just bringing back like the Dark Knight and Logan into the mix. Those films looked visually superior and spectacular compared to what Black Panther was trying to do. Black Panther had that Marvel aesthetic and it looked like a big blockbuster at all the CGI, but it also looked very janky towards the end. So I think the message was fine and it was doing something like that other Marvel movies don't do, but it didn't package it as well as people say that it was packaged like if you watch this movie 15 years from now it's a very janky looking film in a lot of scenes like a bunch of scenes the green screen is genuinely bad let's extend that conversation to our next clip because if we're going to be talking about special effects or rather movies that are technically so incredibly well made then we do have to talk about the revenant because there's no denying it it's it's a very 
well-made, technically well-made movie to the extent that people suffered. <laughs> people had to go back and reshoot at specific times of year because otherwise the quality of light couldn't be replicated. You know, these are all very famous things on, on the Revenant's Oscar path, right? As, as they kept talking about how hard it all was. And it pays off. The movie looks really beautiful. Hmm. What the heck, though? Like, you, you know, you, you watch the thing. And look, I, I looked for the clips uh, for The Revenant and revisiting it, I just thought, this movie is so beautiful and so well acted. And yet, I don't get the hype at all. There's so, I mean, in the end, what happens? What is it all about? I also suffered watching it. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it was that kind of meta-narrative. Did meta you eat narrative. a horse, though? Did you eat I raw horse I did not. Meat? No hide in, in the carcass of a, of a bear, right? The bear attacks No, the bear attacks mm. That's true. Um, no, so Revenant is actually weirdly in the same scale as Black Panther in the sense that it was one of those movies where Leo gets awarded because he's been overlooked for years and years. Mm. And they're like, okay, here's a film where he stretched himself to his absolute limits. Let's give him the Oscar. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think The Revenant is so overrated. I would never rewatch that film. Um, even while watching it, I was thinking to myself, I will probably never, ever want to see this movie again. It's one of those movies that feel, made, that feel like it's been made calculatedly to win awards. Yeah, um, there are very few movies that I've like wondered to myself, like, when is this going to end? Especially movies <laughs> yes. that, that have the caliber of The Revenant. Um, and I love Birdman. And that was his previous project. Right? I love, love, love Birdman as one, one of my favorite things. And I think that hype sort of ruined it even more for me. Um, I don't know. It's just it's so much like a documentary. Like it's a bunch of very beautiful shots of very beautiful spaces and places. Um, and I saw it in IMAX, so that made it even more like immersive. But at the end of the day, like two and a half hours or two hours or whatever it was, it felt like a four hour long movie of just people like grunting and walking and, and walking very slowly and no dialogue. I, it didn't feel like a movie to me at all. And then it got nominated for a bunch of things. And I was like, I, I honestly, this is not, whatever is happening here, I'm not getting the messaging. Legion says the Bear and Revenant should have won the Oscar. So, you know, <laughs> that, that so far is the winner. Let us know. We're talking today about overrated movies. In other words, movies that everybody told you, you should watch. They're really good. You watch it and you think, eh, you know, that's the best of it. Eh. So... If you have movies that fall into that camp, into that category, we want to hear. You can WhatsApp or send us a voice note, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. In the meantime, here is a little bit of Leonardo DiCaprio suffering. I need a horse and a gun. No, you need rest and something to eat. I'm going after him. No. He'll never find it without me. You wait till morning, he'll have a day's head start. He'll get away. No, you won't. He's afraid. He knows how far I came for him. Same as that elk, when they get afraid, they run deep into the woods. I got him trapped, he just, he doesn't know it yet. How can you be so sure? I think he has everything to lose. All I had was that boy. And he took him from me. I can't let you go back out there. Not again. I ain't afraid to die anymore. I've done it already. 
Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hey, Ted, what are you doing for Halloween? Well, uh... what? Every Halloween, Ted waits for the slutty pumpkin. That's right. What's the slutty pumpkin? You mean who is the slutty pumpkin? It was four years ago. I was at this Halloween party up on the roof of our building, about to call it an early night, when out of nowhere appeared this girl in the sexiest pumpkin costume. Wait, how can a pumpkin costume be sexy? It was carved in strategic places. So, uh, we're at the bar, and I see her mix Kahlua, Kahlua and, and root beer. A cocktail she invented herself. And she, she ca- called it the Tootsie Roll. Because it, it tastes, tastes like an alcoholic Tootsie hey, Roll. can I please tell the story? So we had this instant connection. She gave me her number. But then something, something went, went terribly wrong. Guys! <laughs> but something went terribly wrong. PFM 89.9, it is 7.51 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin and together we're talking about overrated movies and in fact, of course, TV shows. We are asking you, uh, what is something that everyone else told you was so good, you must watch? You watch it and then you went, eh, I don't know. Not that great. Uh, if you have something that you remember that really did that to you, um, if in fact we did that to you, <laughs> we'd be especially interested to know. Uh, WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So, Himim, uh, disappointing. <laughs> is How I Met Your Mother disappointing because it has aged really badly? Is it disappointing because it was never that good? Or is it disappointing because it failed to stick the landing? I can't tell anymore. To it's be probably. Honest. I think it's a mix, yeah. right? I, for me, it might be. Firstly, Ted Mosby, whom we heard a lot of there, God. just gets more and more unbearable as the show goes along, hmm. um, and then it doesn't stick the landing, right? Because they're just like, how many seasons of How I Met Your Mother, and finally it turns out it doesn't matter at all. Uh, so I think, in retrospect, I think of How I Met Your Mother as great individual sequences. Um, pretty good cast because I love Barney, I love Lily, I love Marshall. But eventually I'm just like, nope, I wouldn't recommend this show to anyone. See, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. The, the overratedness. Ah. Mm, so for me, I never followed How I Met Your Mother as a sequential thing. So I would drop in on different episodes and it was nothing but a sitcom for me. And I know a lot of people considered it as more than a sitcom. Like they were very interested to see uh, who the mother was and, and how basically how he met the mother, right? Um, by the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, so that's it. So it just, it checks out, it works. Like a sitcom is doing what a sitcom is supposed to do. And I can still go back and watch uh, reruns. I can watch like episodes if it's going like midway. I don't see the hate that the show has has gotten since uh, it finished. And I think that's why. Because for me, it was it was just that. Like a half an hour, ha-ha, funny, funny thing that was bottled in that period of time. I hated it at the time um, of its ending, mostly because I don't even think... I didn't really care uh, about the mom, mm. but the show wanted me to. And I could feel the show mm. wanting and me to. And they keep bringing you back to it, right? Like yeah. with this scene. It's always about, is she the mother? That's the yeah. thing. And so because of that, I'm like, well, if you're going to do this, then stick it. Lah. If you're not going to stick it, then, then I, I may judge you forever and so be it. Um, But more than that, I actually think that this is a larger um, sitcom problem, which is because sitcoms are predicated on making jokes. Jokes are predicated on, um, well, you hope punching up or sideways, but often down. And we see this happen all the time with older sitcoms. They, They joke about things or incidents or frankly people that 
we just don't find those jokes to be funny about anymore, like at all. Um, and it's not anything to do with wokeness. It really has to do with perhaps this was never funny. And the laugh track made you think otherwise, you know? It, it's it's one of those things. And I feel like sitcoms have to bear the brunt of this more than others because of the nature of the show, because of the lightheartedness of the show. There's more throwaway jokes about things that you're like, oh, I, I don't know if... I don't think that aged very well. Mm, I feel that way about Big Bang Theory quite a bit. Um, I was a big fan of it when it was airing, especially the first few seasons. But in retrospect, when I look back at a lot of the stuff that... Um, were funny, are meant to be funny, probably still are funny if you are able to check your brain in at the door. But I, I feel a bit grossed out now, especially by the, the weird creepiness of like the Howard or the the kind of really racist Raj jokes. Mm. Um, very stereotype, right? Um, Raj has an Apu vibe. Yeah, you know, that, no, really. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I look at them now, I realise like, oh, you know, this doesn't work for me anymore. If they did stick the landing for Hi, My Dear Mother, um, Big Bang Theory, I've, I've never been into because of... And I think I watched it too late, so I, I picked up on those things like very easily. Um, so I didn't follow. But if they stuck the landing for How I Met Your Mother, would we be able to look back at it in a better way? Like Friends. Like Friends stuck the landing and we forgive it for a lot of its faults. I think maybe. But if I were to draw the comparison, Joey and Barney are not the same. Like, yes. like I can forgive Joey a lot. Um, because, you know, it's Joey. Yeah. Um, sandwiches are so important to him. But like, <laughs> sandwiches versus the suit guy. It's mm. not the same, you mm. know? And, and I think Barney as a character, um, I for some reason, I just cannot anymore. And I say this as someone who really did used to find How I Met Your Mother funny. I've seen it more than once. I've seen the whole series more than once. So so I speak as a hypocrite. Um, but I, I get diminishing returns every single time. Um, by the way, Ushalia says... Himim was just too good from season one to eight. I could watch it again and again. The theories that they come up with were hilarious, which is a good point. But yeah, they didn't stick the landing. Um, yeah, the theory. So I think for me also, Barney became less and less funny. The more and more I heard really gross people use Barney as an example. And as a hero. And, and as a hero and to use those theories as fact, like uh, yeah. the what girl equivalency or the this sex equivalency and and. I'm like the cultural impact of this, which is meant to be nonsense. Yeah, then it got less and less funny. It also doesn't help that he's a schemer. Like you compare him to a Joey and Joey's not a schemer. Joey's just... Joey can't scheme. He can't scheme. He can't, <laughs> he can't <scheme>. spell scheme. <laughs> he can't spell scheme or he can't scheme to save his life. Uh, but Barney's an actual schemer and that makes it a lot more problematic. We also have, oh, HX saying, yes, Big Bang Theory was just in a nutshell making fun of nerds. Being a nerd was the punchline and honestly, it wasn't very creative. That's true, right? For a show that celebrates nerds, it's actually very unkind. And their idea of nerds is actually so outdated. It's like uh, it's like what Jimmy Kimmel does on his show. Like he is a nerd and he celebrates nerddom, but he a lot of times he makes fun of nerds in a way that's very um, 1998. It's very mm. Urkel. It's very like Urkel. every nerd yeah. is an Urkel and mm. it's, it's kind of a strange thing. Um, by the way, we also have HX saying overrated shows, Friends, The Simpsons, Family Guy. To be honest, Whoa. really not that great. Parks and Rec and The Good Place are very underrated here and deserve more love. Um, I know this is not the right podcast, but Phantom of the Opera, the musical is very overrated. You know, to be fair, you're not the first one I've heard say that about Phantom. It's long. It takes a lot of attention, but the songs are great. Family Guy is awesome. 
I'm just going to say that. Friends I, is also awesome. Parks and Rec say. and The Good Place are very, very good. Mm-hmm, I agree that mm-hmm. they're yeah. underrated. So it's a melange of reactions. Uh, we're talking today about movies and shows that are so overrated mm-hmm. that everyone told you were great that you really don't think are at all. Uh, WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. I think this next clip's going to anger some people. Uh, but here's a bit of The Notebook. Arrogant son of a b- Would you just stay with me? Stay with you? What for? Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. We fight. You tell me when I'm being an arrogant son of a bitch, and I tell you when you're being a pain in the ass, which you are 99% of the time. I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings. They have like a two-second rebound rate, and you're back doing the next pain in the ass thing. So what? So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. <laughs> Will you do something for me, please? You just picture your life for me. 30 years from now, 40 years from now. What's it look like? If it's with that guy, go. But don't you take the easy way out. What easy way? There is no easy way. No matter what I do, somebody gets hurt. Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want. What he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? I have to go. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM 89.9. The Sky people have sent us a message that they can take whatever they want. And no one can stop them. But we will send them a message. You ride out as fast as the wind can carry you. Come out on the wind. You tell the other clans to come. You tell them Tarek Makto calls to them. You fly now. With me. My brothers. Sisters. And we will show the sky people that they cannot take whatever they want. And that this, this is our land. Guys, it is so hard to translate war cries. <laughs> that, that's what I'm getting from that. It's so difficult. Imagine if Aragorn had to be dubbed, but like two seconds behind. So and, and then just have yep. someone like translating for him in the background. In the background, yeah. while people like yell in front. It's, it's so difficult. Because you start cheering after like a bunch of them that's already why. started cheering. And, yeah. Yeah. and meanwhile, you're saying your next line and no one, the translator can't hear you. It's like a mic delay <laughs> in the stadium, but not. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, hello. <laughs> you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila, Arvin. Together, we are talking about overrated films and TV. And we want to hear from you. What is something that, you know, people kept telling you was so, so great, rated so highly, you watched it and then you thought, I really don't get it. I don't get what this is. Um, if you have stuff to share, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, Malik, by the way, says, Avatar. Both Avatar movies. James Cameron and The Last Airbender. <laughs> well, to, to give... To give the movies a bit of credit, nobody thought The Last Airbender was good. It no. was like, it isn't overrated. It's it's in fact rated exactly that it's awful. It actually derailed his career yes. so much that now he releases stuff on streaming services. Yeah, this is you true. Know? Yeah, but I will say this. For, for the James Cameron avatar, here's exactly why I realize it's overrated. I've watched that movie three times when it came out. I loved it. I loved the experience of watching it in the cinema. 
I cut that clip and I have no memory of that clip. Like I was watching it on YouTube and going, this happened? The clans came together? Like he gave to fight the, the Sky People. Yeah. Like mm. they called them the Sky People? I, I don't understand what it is because Avatar's not a bad film. Um, but it's just remembered weirdly. For me, it was the... So a lot of people said that you have to watch it in 3D and it's a whole other experience. And, you know, the the Pandora thing, you you feel super like immersed and like you're there. I didn't get it while watching it. So the, the 3D glasses gave me a headache. So that didn't help. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe the CGI. The CGI looked like CGI, like it was colorful and beautiful and, and very like well created and, and futuristic James Cameron style. But does anyone think that the Navi look real? Or is it just me? Because they've always looked artificial and fake and, and CGI-ish, especially the eyes. Whereas, like, you, you will hear tons of people going, no, they look, like, super real and it's the best CGI I've ever seen. See, I can't tell anymore because my memory of watching it mm. is that it looked great. But now I look at mm. it on YouTube and I'm like, what was I on? Why are they blinking like that? <laughs> I have no memory of watching this movie because I never have. And, <laughs> and I I feel... I I know that it's unprofessional for someone who is part of a movie show, who reviews movies as part of her living, um, to say something like what I'm about to say next. But I feel like I've rated it correctly, you guys. I know I know, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I've seen a fair amount. I've caught glimpses of it here and there. Um, I've, I've watched the clips. I know the, the, the thing and the tales and the plugging and the, all the rest of it. I'm happy to not watch it. Biggest movie of all time, by the way. I get that. (laughs) And that's probably what makes it overrated, right? Because 10 years, 15 years after the fact, you see biggest movie of all time and you think, oh, it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you get this, like you go on YouTube and you're like, what? When? Who? I mean, this one also, the thing is, it had to wash its face, you know, it was so expensive. So when when we say (laughs) biggest movie of all time, you're also talking about probably, I I have no real idea, but a one of the biggest marketing budgets, most likely. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into and making there, something big. There's a big. lot of, um, I mean, there, a lot of people say it's also the biggest movie means the earnings are that big because people paid to watch it in IMAX and 3D mm. versus it being just neat ticket sales. Also, they released it like five times over the course of 13 years or something. They just yeah. kept, including it's, like now. It's back in, right now. In, yeah. Right now. Um, it doesn't help that when I saw the trailer for the the upcoming Avatar, Way of the Water, it kind of looked the same. So again, I'm not seeing... It It looks amazing. Like, it looks like HD, uh, HDR, whatever they are pushing, right? But I don't see the realism. It's like it's you're like, in a TV shop. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's yes. true. Mm. Those promos that yes, run on the yes. screens. The yeah. kiwi. Yeah. The chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if, if you guys... I've said this before. I'm committing to it again on air. If you make me review Avatar... The way of the water. Way of the water. Um, I will watch it. Of course, I will. But yeah. Uh, until then, I will remain this person. So I would like to take us to the part of the show now that is stuff that I know here on the show we enjoy, and that's coming under fire. Uh, again, we're talking today about overrated films and TV, and we want to hear what are some of yours, the ones that people told you were great that you think are like yeah. Um, you can WhatsApp us zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with something not so controversial, I think. So 
Um, the largest chunk of messages today are mostly about superhero movies and I get that. I mean, regardless of how we might feel, I think it's understandable. So Benjamin says Avengers, very specific. Intan says all Marvel and DC movies. Chandra Kumar says superhero movies. I get it though. It covers a whole lot of range of audience. Uh, Steph Petras says Phase 4 MCU. And Aaron says um, Justice League, aka DC's failed attempt on Marvel's The Avengers. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, the worst Marvel show ever. I get why people think superhero mm. movies are overrated. Um, they're meant to be a very specific thing. Um, I feel like we should all collectively stop pretending that they are anything more than that and just take them as being fun. Um, I think Nolan set the bar really high, right? And then after that, there's been this like weird attempt to make them more than they are. Yeah. Um, you remember last year, the end of the year, when uh, Marvel is pushing for Spider-Man No Way Home to be Best Picture? They had like a whole yes. Oscars campaign and they were like, for your consideration, Spider-Man No Way Home. I love that movie. I adore that movie. It It's not best. It's not even so rewatchable. Like it's an amazing experience, like most superhero movies. But like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, you know, it's not contending for like best picture, any any kind of like mind altering experience that anyone's going to have. In some ways, I think the superhero movies have the avatar problem, actually, mm. of um, being hyped for a variety of reasons, because they come from a big studio, from a big director with big visual effects. They come with a built in fan base. And so because of that, the hype is always going to be a certain kind of way, which therefore means that we also cannot just dial it back and go back to, you know, these are picture books and you know superheroes <laughs> and 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 that's fine we don't always have to draw a correlation to actually it's about covid do you see the cia and you're like yeah nah, I, I think it's okay um okay so starting with not so controversial to slightly more controversial um shaz says all the star wars movies all the star wars movies from this century as nita says the Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, they were fun to watch, but after you leave the cinema, you realise with disappointment that although these movies introduced some new ideas, overall it was just a rehashing of the original trilogy. You know, if they say in the last... Wait, did you say last century? Uh, well, Shaz says this century. Oh, this, as Nita this century. Is okay, makes sense. I agree. I think this century, they, they wouldn't be... They wouldn't be anything, really, if they didn't have the older, older movies to fall back on. Except maybe Rogue One. Rogue One's amazing. Yeah. Um, who's like so the the when we say overrated, are we saying that because the movies make a lot of money? Because the Rise of Skywalker made so much money, it's not a good movie at all. I don't think anyone's reviewing that movie as like a great thing that they saw. It's 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 a garbage movie. But you can enjoy it. But are you basing that on the amount of money that it makes as like a huge film? You know what I mean? I think overrated in this context, um, like superhero movies and Star Wars, might mean that the pervasiveness of them in pop culture makes them seem like they are much better movies than they actually mm. are. Mm, their place in pop culture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. More controversial. Ultra Focus says, Lost. Oof. Oh, that I hurts. have never watched yeah, it. I, I looked directly at Arvin oh. in that moment. No, uh, for me, no, I'm just, that's, that's just my answer. Um, still think it is the best TV show ever made. You can stack it against Game of Thrones. You can stack it against anything, anything. Lost is the best TV thing ever, 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 ever. I loved Lost. I was, uh, it was event television for me. I made a date with my TV at, at that time, every week, mm -hmm. as it dropped week on week. I cared about it so very much. On AXN? Uh, on AXN, <laughs> exactly. Live through the ads. It's cool. Uh, I don't think that 
I don't think that it's overrated, but I think that it needed some distance from the secrety box of secrets and it's never what you think it is, except is it? And, you know, I think it, we, we need a bit of space and time from all that hype and also from, like, frankly, a lying showrunner who lies. Like, that guy lies. He mm. lies about everything he, he does. And Sorry, sorry, too harsh. He lies <laughs> about the things that he makes. <laughs> Sorry, I Which realized is okay. I was getting really personal. Um, but, you know, he does he does tell you that people are not people and then people in the movie will say that they are that person. And, you know, mm. like he does that kind of thing. So I think that there is a certain element of that happening. All right, Kimberzilla says La La Land. Ah, okay. So we played the notebook earlier mm. and La La Land was in close contention. Uh, at least I with, felt strongly yeah, about it. At least it. with two of us anyway. Um La La Land for me is the opposite of How I Met Your Mother. Earlier when I said, you know, the not sticking the landing make me dislike the rest of the show. La La Land, I like the movie and give it a lot more credit than I think it deserves because of how great the ending is. Hmm. But otherwise, I remember watching the movie and for three quarters of it going, what's the big deal? Why is everyone going on about this thing? But also, what an, uh, like a visually amazing looking film. <laughs> I mean, I think now everyone can tell who the one person in the are show. You, why are you pretending to agree with Sharmila while making a completely different point? It's not acceptable. So for me, for me, um, I think the fact that I don't like musicals and the fact that I wouldn't normally like a movie like this, I think. Um, and then I went into it and I was like completely blown away. It became one of my favorite things that year. I've seen it so many times. I love the songs. Um, I love the way it looks. So all that put together in a package, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I can't La La rank Land. it. La La Land. Loved by haters of musicals. <laughs> that should be yeah. on the poster. I think the that's stem. key. I think yeah. that really is key because it Because no one can sing, no one can dance. I mean, they sort of awkwardly tap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think that if you love an old-fashioned musical, um, A, you recognize most of the flourishes that La La Land um, does and, and La La Land kind of subverts those flourishes. But if you like them in the first place, they didn't need subversion. So it, it's a few different things mm. And I think the performances were good and all, but, you know, like, it's fine. The I ending. think it's fine. I, I really think the La ending La Land is has great. one of the best endings a movie has. Almost enough to make me remember the movie much, much better than I did watching it. I liked it well enough. I think that it's the fact that it keeps coming up in these lists of like, so great, best movie ever mm. that, that I hesitate over. Um, okay, next one is for me and Sharmila, I think. I'm not sure whether Arvin's watched it. Uh, Chi Chen says, Peaky Blinders. I'm about two seasons in, so I'm not sure where that's coming from. So far, I think it's great. I'm five seasons in. It's rated fine. I, I think yeah. that it is well rated. Can I jump in uh, very shamefacedly, actually, because I feel this way about The Wire. People keep telling mm. me about The Wire and I maybe I came too late to it because I started watching it like last year and I couldn't get through the first two episodes. I haven't started. It's too... It feels too... 90s in a way that I don't like. I, I mm. got kind of embroiled in it, but then didn't keep going. Mm. And I, I have every intention of uh, of going back to it. Until then, I will reserve the right because I feel like I need to watch it properly. Um, okay, Amshar says, The Sopranos, very rep repetitive and predictable. So that's one. The entire one. Uh, the next one is the entire TDK trilogy. Oh, Oof. <laughs> Wow. If we're talking about the third one? Yes. So that's maybe. the thing. That's the thing. I feel like we shouldn't allow the third one to cuddle backwards. But one and two, I don't know. Two in particular. Mm. I, I, I love the third one. 
Um, yes, I, I was <laughs> I think, trying I think to it's remember. An amazing, an yes. amazing film. Um, I also love the first one. I think Batman Begins is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I don't disagree. I just think that the second is the best. That's all. Yeah. But, I mean, to say Batman Begins, fine. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, fine. The Dark Knight, though, that's like on a completely other level. It literally elevated superhero movies yeah. to, to like a whole new, you know, presence or status. I don't know. I've never heard that. I've never heard anyone say that. Um Okay, I think peak controversy, uh, for now at least, is from Shake, who says, Get out. I found it very mediocre. I feel it's overrated for two reasons. Firstly, a comedian wrote and directed it. Secondly, similar to Black Panther, the cultural significance. I still don't get how it ever won Best Screenplay. And I think uh, what Shake is saying there is that the reason why it became so rated, uh, rated so highly was because of the, the two reasons. So I actually think it deserved a screenplay almost exactly for the reason Shakir pointed out, right? The screen, a lot of get out works because you don't know what you're getting. Mm. So I think the screenplay is amazing. I I see what Shakir might be saying though, because I have people who went to watch it after all of the hype and were like, meh, is that all it is? Yeah. So, like, I know we review movies, so we might also be the problem in this situation. But reviews are to blame for things like Get Out, right? We just, so I, I think I think there's a reason why um, we tend to try very very hard mm. not to not to overstate or, or to say we loved it, but that doesn't always mean that you know you you should approach it a certain kind of way. But I do agree because, like, I, I've told you both, um, you know, by the time I got in to get out, I knew what was going to happen, which also then means that um, similar to The Sixth Sense, you can judge the movie on its own merits. It's not going to be predicated on on like a the way the story pivots. I still think it's a very good movie. I think it's intelligent, it's funny, it's dark. Um, I'm not sure that it is as... I, I don't necessarily think it's his best. I know people do. I don't. Hmm. Well, I only, as I said, I haven't watched Us, so I can't judge. I still think Get Out is a great film. I think it's an amazing movie. Um, I'm also wondering, like, does the time between the movie coming out and when you watch it matter? Like, if someone watched Fight Club now for the first time, not knowing anything about Fight Club, would it still have the same impact? Probably not, right? Hmm. Like, if you already know the rules. Ah, Hmm. so, depends. Do you know it or are you going into it with no knowledge of it? I think that would change things. I think no knowledge is fine. Like, if you have no idea what Fight Club is rightfully so, then it's okay. (laughs) But if you've heard everything about Fight Club and you kind of, you've seen the memes and stuff, I don't think you enjoy it as much. Hechek says, I disagree with what's his name. His name is (laughs) Shaki. So um, Hechek says, I disagree with Shaki. Get Out is great. The pivot from comedy is a very impressive feat. And to see him capture the subtle fear of racism of the modern day was really impactful. That point about the racism, though, I wonder if you actually were completely disconnected from the cultural context of the African-American situation in the US, perhaps this movie wouldn't really work for you. Maybe. Um, I also want to suggest something. Go back and watch Jordan Peele's skits on uh, Key and Peele mm-hmm. um, and see how he infuses horror into those things. It's, it's very obvious after you've seen Get Out, um, just because of the, you know, the, the comedian um, comment. Before we move on, um, I just wanted to... We're doing correspondence, right? So I just wanted to kind of um, corral the the responses so far to the things that have been said, to the opinions that have been shared. Uh, Sharmila, prepare yourself because Aduna says, How dare 
Sir, you diss the wire. <laughs> Blasphemous. <laughs> I will just say, I always intend to give it another chance and I will. I will. I'm just saying, maybe I'm watching it at the wrong time. Is it enough to come back from blasphemy? <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Ah, it, it might just be, it might just be like that. <laughs> what? What, what's what's a movie that would get you guys super angry? Like blasphemy, um, if if someone if someone called it overrated, like the Ooh. one title that oh. you would you would challenge them to like Mortal Kombat for That's if they a said, oh. what did you say? Better Call Saul. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> um, this is just an agenda. I, I will Mad come up Men. with Mad uh, Men fair. for me. I think it's Jurassic Park for me. Oh, oh that's nice. You know, that's nice. Like, um, I feel that way about Jaws, by the way. Also. Oh, yeah, Jaws is a good yeah. one. Lord of the Rings, I can understand. I, a quiet <laughs> taste, I can understand. But if you say Jurassic Park's an overrated movie, I'd be like, no. I, I might no. agree with you. Um, yeah? Because that movie doesn't pretend to be anything more than it is. So and that's mm. part of what makes it great. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's important. The whole idea of being overrated is either someone sold it to you as being something else or the movie is pretending to be something that it's not. And Jurassic Park hits exactly the spot it should. Exactly like Jaws. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Shark, yeah. big teeth. Spielberg yeah. knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, Steve says, I also, I just watched Avatar when it was released again and I really cannot remember the story the last time <laughs> I watched it. It was not bad. I look forward to the way of the water. So there is that. Um, Anil says, I could never stand Sheldon. So selfish and arrogant. She-Hulk is overrated for me. I think she broke the fourth wall too much. Deadpool broke the fourth wall. Just nice. She-Hulk for me turned out to be a lot more disappointing. I, I, I like the sitcom format. I actually like the breaking of the fourth wall, but then they just did too much of it. I, I couldn't look past the bad CGI. It was like, it was a, a bit too bad to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> they should put that on the poster. They didn't overrate the CGI. Yeah, yeah no. A bit no. too bad to ignore. <laughs> okay, uh, a slightly longer one from Rish. For me... Interstellar was overrated, overhyped and oversold. Ooh, I get that the movie has terrific um, performances. It's thought-provoking about time travel and space, blah, blah, blah. But Stargate SG-1 did something similar years before this movie in its season two and they did it beautifully in under an hour compared to the mind-numbing three hours run on Interstellar. By the way, does self-hyping count? If yes, then most of the DC movies are disappointing because I thought and I wanted it to be good with the exception of Aquaman. MCU has it too. Bad apples like Iron Man 3 that absolutely butchered the premise of the Mandarin. Only as a standalone movie, especially when it first came out. I also feel Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness is overhyped. I would like to see more multiverse and more explanation of multiverse in the movie itself and not in future sequels. By the way, I heard what you guys said about The Big Bang Theory. I love it and I don't think it will be overhyped or overrated for me. The show accompanied me during my PhD research, so there were lots of moments in that show that I could relate to. So perhaps it's nostalgia or sentiment, but it's always good for me. Sentiment and nostalgia counts for yeah. a lot when you look back at mm -hmm. shows that you used to enjoy. I just wanted to say, Rish, that actually Interstellar is my least favourite Nolan, and I've had this discussion with Lynn and Arvin before. I never re-watched it after it first came out in the cinema because of how much I didn't really think it was that big a deal. And Lynn keeps recommending a rewatch. I hated it. Um, so mm. I really didn't like Interstellar. I was mad. Um, like the kind of mad where you almost understand how people become bad fans <laughs> who like, you know, take to the internet and say things. Because, oh, we haven't mentioned um, his name. We're, go we're going to mention his name. <laughs> Zack Snyder? Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So when I first watched Interstellar, because I have very high expectations of Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker, I was really disappointed. I, I thought that it was only okay. Um, Rish, on first 
first watch, I agree with everything you said. I really thought it it um it didn't earn the emotional resonance that it was attempting to get by the midpoint of the movie and that it kept pushing home for the rest of the film. Because the thing about Interstellar is I know everyone goes on about the science, but if the emotional logic doesn't work for you, the whole film doesn't work for you. Because mm. ultimately you have to believe in the emotional strength and heft and weight of the whole thing. When I watched it the first time, I really didn't get it. The effects were beautiful. The acting is great. But the second time when I went in going, I know I... Very snide. Very snide. <laughs> you know, not pleasant. I was like, oh, I know I hate this. Whatever. It's it's on. Someone else wants to watch it. Okay. I loved it so much. I can't say what changed. I think it was expectations. I think it was expectations. Um, I, I feel like I really want to rewatch Interstellar to see whether now post-Tenet, I might like it a little bit more. And if you still hate it, mm. I would still understand. But I feel like if you've only seen it the once, it's hard to say. Like you guys know that I love Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Like I've always loved Interstellar. Um, so that that doesn't change. It's it's interesting to see Nolan in that conversation though, because of how big he is as a blockbuster filmmaker and people naming his movies as as like overrated. Um, I I also love the word self hype for DC because that is that is so what they <laughs> yes. do, right? It's so what they do. Best movie, the 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 hierarchy of powers about to change. It's 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 their brand exactly what they do. So uh, we are talking today about overrated films and TV and asking you what are some of the things that people have told you really good and then you thought really not. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and of course tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, we do however have uh, this message I think to set up our next clip because Madhav says almost every Oscar winning movie ever. Why do they win? So sleep inducing. Um, Madhav tell us if you feel this way about no Country for Old Men, which is our next clip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Sir? The most you ever lost on a coin toss? I don't know. I couldn't say. Call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Well, we need to know what we're calling it for here. You need to call it. I can't call it for you. Well, it wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? No. 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here. And now it's here. And it's either heads or tails. And you have to say, call it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Call it. All right. Heads in. Well done. Don't put it in your pocket, sir. Don't put it in your pocket. It's your lucky quarter. Business, finance, and music. BFM 89.9. What should we call each other? Well, we could always start with Mrs. Crawley and Lady Grantham. I thought you didn't like him. Well, so what? I have plenty of friends I don't like. Mary won't take Matthew Crawley, so we'd better get her settled before the bloom is quite gone off the rose. Is the family an old one? Older than yours, I imagine. Would happen to a foreigner. It's typical. Don't be ridiculous. Being ridiculous. No Englishman would dream of dying in someone else's house. How about some house parties? 
She's been asked to one next month by Lady Anne McNair. That's a terrible idea. She doesn't know anyone under a hundred. I might send her over to visit my aunt. She could get to know New York. Oh, I don't think things are quite that desperate. Well, prepare yourself for the worst. Not the first page. My poor niece never uses one word when twenty will do. Your quarrel is with my daughter Rosamond, not me. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. BFM 89.9, it is 8.34 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together our supercut today is about overrated films and TV. The stuff that people tell you, you have to watch this. It's very, very good. You watch it and you think, maybe we shouldn't be friends. Um, <laughs> that's harsh. That's harsh. But that you know. escalated. Anyway, um, the stuff that you thought was going to be better than it was. Um, let us know what are some titles that kind of fall into that category for you. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. I never watched Downton Abbey. I mean, it ran for so long. It became like posh greys. Mm. But I, I never followed it. Well, firstly, I think um, our recommendation of The Crown did test our friendship with um, Arvind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where we were both going on and on yeah, about it. Be honest. Was, yeah. Did you think about, like, just like calling it wrong? quits? Yeah. Like, thinking about, like, existential questions. Like, or, or like, like, why do I do this? And, and why am I friends with these <laughs> people who like this show? Yeah, who would you, recommend something like this? Like, uh, yeah. Were you prepared to send a breakup See, message? That, that, that's the benefit of having a streaming service so you can skip episodes. Uh, mm. The truth comes out. Well, it's also, I mean, Downton is also a Netflix thing. No, uh, well, not when I watched it. Though, yes, and I then first it started, became. Yeah. So Posh Grays is exactly it. And and so here's what I think about Downton Abbey, right? Like when it first started, because of the Britishness and because of the Maggie Smithness and because of Dan Stevens, I think it acquired this veneer of being more than a soap. When in fact, it's a soap. It's a very posh soap. But people talk about it now like it's some BBC level drama. And that's where I think it feels overrated. I enjoyed the first few seasons very much, after which for me it dropped off a bit. But yeah, it's it's the tone that people take when they talk about Downton that makes it feel overrated. So I, I've never seen... Um... But I want to admit something. For the longest time, I thought it was called Downtown Abbey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I always... That was the name of the show. I couldn't hear it without hearing, when you're alone. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you know, it, it just didn't really work. Now I can't unsee it. That's what I thought. For the long, un, until I saw it was spelled somewhere without the W. And I'm like, oh. Oh, typo. <laughs> <laughs> typo. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I, I thought I got all our um, the the sort of critiques and correspondence earlier, but I missed this from Nathan, who says you cannot use the standards of today to judge a movie or show that was made fifteen years ago, which was considered acceptable at that time. And I think, judging from the timing, I'm guessing that this came in in relation to Avatar. Mm. Oh, I want. I thought they might be referring to Big Bang and How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Mm. I, I can't tell uh, whether. Yeah, Nathan, if you can get back in touch, actually, to let us know whether it's a, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Quality? No. Um, is it quality standard? Uh, Are we talking about quali- um, standards of visuals? Are we talking about standards of script? I guess. Um, or what's I, acceptable and what's not? Yeah. Mm. So. That's a good point. If that's the case, and it's not about Avatar, let's talk about it because Avatar had nothing to say. But um, I think that this is this is interesting because what I would counter that with is you can if it makes you realize that the show overall didn't work. And, and I think that that's the thing for me because Friends, for example, hasn't aged well. Lots of stuff hasn't aged well. Plenty in in every episode, you'll find a moment where you go. 
wait, this was written? I, like, it was performed like that? But the larger emotional beats of the story still worked. Whereas with How I Met Your Mother specifically, I think that Barney is irredeemable and then Ted isn't great. And so because of that, there, there isn't enough for me personally to drive the thing along. Um, I feel that way about Everybody Loves Raymond, which actually was a show that I used to watch. You know, mm. it used to come on TV every other day or something like that. And it was funny and I used to laugh at it. But now when I look back and I'm like the constant mother-in-law If jokes, you take that away. Yeah, yeah. If you take away the parts that don't work anymore... There's nothing left to that show. And that's when I that's when you start thinking, oh, maybe the show wasn't as good as I thought it was. Also, I mean, like you said, right, if the show works and if it's still good, then you get to compartmentalize. I feel that way about a lot of uh, Leslie Nielsen comedies. Yeah. You know, like, you know that it's wrong in 2022 and you know that it's not supposed to be said. But if it's still funny and you can compartmentalize and you, you know that it's wrong today, I think it still works because those movies are still good. So it's the it's the comedy principle, right? Like, yeah. as long as it makes you laugh. Um, or or in the case of a sitcom, which is maybe a little bit more complicated because sitcoms also have to offer you, generally speaking, emotional resolution. But if it does both those things, it makes you laugh, it gives you an emotional resolution, then you're willing to look past, I think, the, the throwaway lines or, or the, the B, the B storylines that didn't work. But if everything is a gross B storyline, then I think it becomes a little bit tough. I'm not saying How I Met Your Mother is like, uniformly terrible like i said i've I've seen it really more than once um but each time each time i'm like oh structurally speaking this thing gets less and less sound and i think that's the thing right the moment you start thinking about why the show is not working Hmm. it's not working it's not working yeah um this also brings up an interesting thing about comedy um, like comedy can be so overrated if you tell someone, oh, if you go in there, you're going to laugh. laugh and you're yeah. gonna, Don't you, you know. hate it? Do you all have that one friend who takes you to a funny movie and then watches to make sure you laugh at the punchline? Yeah, don't do that. And then you're just, or they'll go, this next part so funny. It will never be funny because you've already said it's funny. You can't set it up like that. Don't look at me. <laughs> like I just, you know, I don't think anybody wants that. Uh, we also have... Um, Okay, since we brought up Friends, Vivigan says, uh, since we're including TV series in this, sorry guys, Friends, uh, but also says, making the Token Tamil movie shout out the recent Vikram sequel. I have been very critical of Vikram even on the show, so I agree. Although so many people have been telling me lately that they really enjoy it, that I've increasingly felt worse and worse to say that I thought it was overrated. Friends, I cannot lie. I think I have too much. Um, I have too much attachment. It's too nostalgic for me. I don't think I'll ever see it as not being as good. And on the balance, like on the scale, right? Friends is more good than bad. I think. Yeah, it, yeah. I it's, think it's so. watchable at least today. Okay, some hot takes. Um, Su Yang says, Titanic, yawn. The Full Monty is the superior 1997 movie. So Titanic is interesting because I think, um, as I said about Jurassic Park, I don't think Titanic is overrated. I think Titanic is exactly what it says on the can. I think it was overrated by its director. Yes. Um, Because James Cameron has a propensity to make these very big movies um, that more importantly, perhaps in the context of of our conversation, really push technological boundaries, right? Like if you think about the the technology that he employed to make Avatar, to make Titanic, um, to make that submarine movie with Ed Harris that I'm forgetting the oh name my God. of. Um, no, but in, mm-hmm. in, in each, he had to kind of really push the, the boat out further and further to see what was... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the boat! <laughs> Unintentional. Um, but he had to keep pushing it, right? And so 
when you keep pushing it in every interview, you get asked about it. You make it sound more and more groundbreaking. And before you know it, your like melodramatic boat movie is no longer a melodramatic boat movie. Like it's a technological marvel that needs to be regarded with awe. I wonder if that actually helped the movie for, for a lot of people. At the time, um, I think it might at, at have. The, yeah. At the time, right? Because you keep thinking it's like this historical, quote-unquote, documentary or this, uh, this biopic. And won so many Oscars as so well. So many Oscars. Nominated and then won. Mm. But then as a bonus, you go in there and then you get, you get Rose and Jack, which you didn't expect. And it's like, oh, it's a, it's a story that I can watch and, and get invested in. Liao says, while we're talking about James Cameron, I found The Hurt Locker overly long and highly overrated. There's a feeling that the Academy voted for Catherine Bigelow, um, who is the ex-wife of James Cameron, and her film just despite James Cameron's avatar. Ouch. That seems a little unfair to Catherine Bigelow, who is Mm. in her own right a very good filmmaker. Yes. Although Hurt Locker, to be fair, not one of my favourite movies. No, um... Super long also yeah. for a movie with such a simple, not simple premise line. I mean, like it, it didn't have to be that long is what I'm saying. Tim says, everything Dwayne The Rock Johnson touches is overrated. Tim, I have to tell you, I really appreciate that you calling him Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It makes the put down so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel, I don't know if I agree, Tim. I feel like I always know what a The Rock movie is. Mm. Um, and I'm fine with that. I'm also fine with that. Except for... Black Adam, Black Adam, which was a disappointing bore. We backpedaled so fast. We said fine with that and then we quickly just like switched. Because it didn't deliver on the rock promise. It didn't. Um, but I don't think anyone goes into a rock movie expecting like Oscar caliber stuff. You know? Like you know what no, you're paying I, for. Yeah, I, and I haven't seen the film, but I told you both um, before we, you guys did the review that like I really don't know if he's got the chops to to sell yeah. this to do this character. freedom slavery yeah. let's all free the yeah <laughs> yeah, no. yeah yeah to do all of it basically so yeah Kenny says Squid Game no idea what that's about <laughs> <laughs> um, Squid Game's interesting I do think it's overrated I liked it I think it's overrated same mm. same in retrospect same. I think the memeability and the hype the visual the visual, the visual created the overratedness yeah yeah agree. Okay, there's just a lot now at this point that's like dipping in and out of, you know, stuff. I'll just call them hot takes. It's all hot takes from here on out because um, Shake says, oh, wait, did everyone forget about Matkilau? <laughs> we can't forget about Matkilau. Yeah. But also it's all on podcast on the BFM website, BFM app, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast from. I think we can all safely say that we thought Matkila was overrated. Mm-hmm. For the rest of what we thought, you can go and listen to our, <laughs> our review. But yeah, uh, we, we certainly did not forget. Um, Anil says, the Mr. Bean series was good, but everyone had high expectations when the movie uh, came out and it turned out bad. And now we have another The Bee and Me. I agree. I mean, I think the show set up... I never thought the movie was going to be great, but I think the show did set up expectations. Yeah, high expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy and Nizam are both saying crazy rich Asians, with Nizam adding, maybe I'm not rich enough to feel represented. <laughs> <laughs> I think crazy rich Asians is hugely overrated. Is there a sequel coming out? Or is that because the the, the buzz sort of like died? I, d- I did not hear of a sequel, but I could be mistaken because I ignore a lot of things about that film. I... I think Crazy Rich Asians is perfectly fine if you think of it as a rom-com and a rom-com only. Mm. I think it really, really buckles under the weight of representation mm. and, and, and all the rest of it. As a romantic comedy, I don't think that it would have had the expectations it 
it had. Um, if I guess we just went in without the, the just crazy rich people. <laughs> Just less catchy, admittedly. Um, Meezy says, I'm still wondering what was the big deal about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'm not even sure I got the title correct. Um, Chow oh, Yun- I know, wow. right? Uh, Chow Yun-Fat standing on the bamboo just made me cringe. I see the bun gangster looking out of place. Crouching lion, hidden snake. Crouching dragon, <laughs> tiger somewhere. <laughs> um, wow. That one I cannot brain, la, because I genuinely love Crouching Tiger so much. I So... What if a person was expecting a, a very action-packed martial arts movie? And then movie? you got floating on trees. Yeah. Yeah, that may be. It's all about expectations. It's all about expectations. It's also not just floating on trees. It's like very stilted, poetic mm. love language with no eye contact. Then and you Chow float on trees. Bad hair. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's a lot of different things. But I, I think it's a great film. Um, Urshalia says, all the Oceans movies. Oh. Mm. Mm. I love the first one. Very much. I also love the second one. Same. The I second would go one's up to fun. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beyond that, fair enough. Um, Gabriel says, Umbrella Academy on Netflix is heavily overrated in my opinion. See, I don't know if I agree. Once again, I think Umbrella Academy just looks like a slightly superficial X-Men knockoff. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, if it was hype like Stranger Things, yeah. then it would then be overrated. Then I would be annoyed. Yeah. But this one, doula, dance-offs, whatever, I'm fine. There are no stakes. Yeah. Mm. Isaac says, Martin Scorsese's The Departed, it's good, but the original Hong Kong version was way better and so underrated. Talk about being overrated and underrated at the same time for the same story concept. So um, I, I think that, firstly, the story concept is quite simple and therefore um, you know, quite replicable in, in a number of gangster settings. But... I, I don't think this is a controversial take to say that Infernal Affairs will probably, not probably, Infernal Affairs will always be better than The, than the Departed, which is a good movie, but yes. it's better. Yeah, yeah agree. I agree. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Isaac, thumbs up all round. Um, Felipe says, Seinfeld is better than every other sitcom. Also, Wes Anderson should have won at least one Best Movie Award, especially for the Royal Tenenbaums. Agree about Wes Anderson. I don't know about Seinfeld being better than any other sitcom. Mm. Mostly because I think Seinfeld hasn't always aged well. And not because it's politically incorrect. The jokes feel very 90s. They do. But also, isn't Seinfeld super, super overrated already? I like Seinfeld, so I don't know whether I'm the right person to ask. Uh, no, I love, I love Seinfeld. Yeah, but I... but. Does it sit in best sitcom of all time territory, right? That's what mm, you're asking. Because it has so, like legend status. Yeah, it does. Mm. It doesn't do it for me, but that's because I think I've made it quite clear that I like my sitcoms fairly warm and cuddly mm. or with a certain mm. element of that. And, and Seinfeld just doesn't have enough of it for me. Um, Rish says, the battle of friends and him and will go on for decades to come. <laughs> Until something of equal comes over, which is very true. Uh, Rowan says, the first Twilight was memorable for me. Me and the uni mates were stranded in KLCC and we thought, why not watch the hottest thing in cinema at the time? None of us had read the books. It was fresh in the cinema. It was a laugh fest, snore fest for one of our friends. Some of us tried to watch the sequels, but gave up after number two. We don't even save brain space to remember the movie titles. Fifty Shades of Grey is a close second. Maybe today we have more reviews to digest so you can gauge if the rating is validated before you decide to view or avoid. Twilight, a movie for everyone. <laughs> I was my pause was because I was was Fifty Shades overrated? Was the thing I was pondering. I feel like it was rated something, <laughs> and that's what drew people to the cinema. I think I think Fifty Shades is. I think most people 
I, I, I think, I'm not sure, knew that they weren't going to watch like Gone with the Wind, right? Like you, you go into Fifty Shades knowing knowing what it is that you're going to get. Um, the issue is that it's attached to a very, very big IP. Mm. And so when that happens, all the fans come with and then the hype begins. But I don't think for most people that you watch Fifty Shades and think that it's like Oscar territory. No, I don't think so. Mm. Okay, so I'm just going to try and say this and not like, you know, sound indecent. I think where it's overrated is that people expected a lot more sauciness than they actually got when they went to watch the film. They got Twilight again. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what it originated more, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, like in the first place. Yeah. Um, Rice and Fishball says Mulan, uh, the Disney live action version, overhyped, underwhelming. Uh, veteran actors and actresses like Jet Li, Donnie Yen, Gong Li were reduced to shallow one-dimensional characters. Lion King, live action, watching CGI lions talk and sing felt wrong. Uh, didn't really inspire me to sing Hakuna Matata. Waterworld and The Postman, overhyped movies from Kevin Costner. After his success with Dances with Wolves, it got into his head to make overly long movies which were uninspiring. All Disney live action at this point, I think, is overrated. Mm. Yeah, by the studio by itself. By the studio actually. themselves, yeah. yeah. Um, Pravin and Shamil both have a, a theme of sorts, um, bringing up Fast and Furious, although Pravin is saying six, uh, Shamil says nine. I don't actually know the difference. <laughs> uh, Shamil adds Baby Driver. Ah. Oh, Baby Driver is interesting. I think it is. I, I do think it's become, yeah, upon rewatch, I feel like it was overrated. The hype was not... It doesn't last. Hmm. Hmm. I love the mention of the fast movies, though, because I, I think those movies know exactly what they are. Like, I think they are so self-aware mm. that they are not... I wouldn't call them overrated. I think they know exactly what they're doing. Hazik says Frozen. Oh. I, I agree. 100%. So the argument for Frozen uh, being overrated is often that Tangled did it better. Yes. Mm. Or even Moana, to a certain extent, if you're talking about girls being empowered and Moana so on. Moana came, came out after. Frozen oh, is right, 20, sure. 13, Yes, I think? yes, yeah. you're right. It was Frozen and then Moana. Yeah. Yes, I think Tra Tangled is the superior film and mm. it's underrated. Tangled is deeply underrated. Tangled is so mm. underrated. Um, anyone who hasn't seen it really should. Um, I know pushing people gets me nowhere. <laughs> I, I recognize that even as I'm saying it, but it's so good. This is how I know that Frozen is, is uh, overrated. I watched it on a plane and still didn't feel anything. Like, if you're going to feel anything for a movie, if it doesn't do it for you on a, on a, on a flight, then it's not working. La. I love the song. I love Let It Go so mm. much. Mm. But that's the best thing about the movie for me. Olaf is the best thing about oh, the movie. Oh, Olaf, of course. Yeah. Olaf, is, yeah. Olaf, is, yeah. Yeah. Olaf is undisputably... When you watch that Snowman song, it really feels like it's 3am. No matter what time you watch it, it's actually 3am and you don't know why you're awake. You know, it has that quality. Mm. Uh, two long-running series. Uh, Dicioni says Harry Potter. Vignes says James Bond. <laughs> Huh. Ah. Quite tough, actually. I think both like, are a little bit like, tough. The, like the whole franchise? Yeah, uh, Vignes says James Bond series. Oh, wow. I know. See, I think with both of those, it really is just the people who love it will love it. If you're mm. not a fan of that trope and that style, it's not e it's not an easy entry point. Also, isn't like spy, not thriller, but like spy movies like that. Those are, it's an acquired taste. Mm. I think, right? Even Harry Potter, like fantasy isn't a quiet, which is why I said if Lord of the Rings, if someone said they didn't enjoy it or it's overrated, it's completely understandable. James Bond is best understood as a fantasy, actually. It's, it's best true. understood as separate from reality and operating on its own principles. Hmm. Um, Vivigan 
Okay, Vivian has like a future hot take, um, saying John Wick, it's not overrated yet, but I feel like it's rolling downhill from the third movie onwards. Ooh. You know, I kind of agree with Vivek, and I think you can see you can see when a movie. Okay, series, I know, I know. <laughs> Suddenly, we're like we're agreeing on everything, uh, but I feel like you can see when a franchise is kind of hitting a tipping point, right? For me, after John Wick two, I was like, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, but I'm still kind of excited for the franchise. But I that's because it's Keanu. Keanu, yeah. Uh, also, it came from nowhere, and I appreciate that. Mm. I mean, I know that he's a huge star and all the rest of it, but I don't think that. I don't think that people looked at John Wick and thought, you know what's really going to work is this weird thing about like a beagle and Keanu Reeves. You know, it, it takes a while for you to get there. Um, this one's for you. Arvind Madhav says, one movie I kept hearing was good was Birdman, but I found it just okay. Ooh. Um, so that's a movie that I didn't have any expectations for. It's, it's easily like in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, of all time. I love Birdman. Mm. I could watch it over and over again. The extremes of Inyaritu, mm. right? Yeah, it, I yeah. mean, we went from The Revenant to Birdman. I would Man. never watch Revenant again. I would watch Birdman over and over. Any number of times. Joyi says, speaking of Gone with the Wind, that famous line, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Watching the film and getting to that line was so very rated. Expectations <laughs> exceeded, <laughs> which I appreciated. Um, HX says, to Arvin's point, the fast movies know exactly what they are, except for Vin Diesel, that man is still waiting for his Oscar, which I think is, is a fair critique. And uh, we have uh, just a couple of minutes left. I'm going to close on uh, some selections from Jesper, uh, who says, actually, I say we're closing, but it's kind of Okay, the Godfather movies. Oh, Whoa. only the third, which nobody likes anyway. The English Patient. Mm. Shakespeare in Love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shakespeare Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh. Remember you said, what is the one movie that I would be like, yes. what I will cut you? <laughs> Eternal yeah. Sunshine. If someone told me it was overrated. I, I, I said Mortal Kombat. But, <laughs> yeah. but okay. Sorry, I escalated. Sorry, Jasper, not a threat. It's Mortal. <laughs> no, I mean, if anything, yeah. Mortal Kombat's more serious, right? Like yeah, that's true. You, if you, you go on the name, you can respawn. Yeah, but I cut <laughs> you. you I'll cut you implies they didn't do anything to harm me, but I attacked them. No, but Eternal Sunshine, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, Eternal Sunshine, Jaws, and Jurassic Park are our three, our trifecta so, so far. Mm. Uh, Crash, Fair, Lost in Translation, Lost in America, Boyhood, AI, Argo, American Sniper, Dunkirk, um, Clockwork Orange. There's some really oh. like Shawshank Redemption, uh, Life of. Pie, The Martian, um, let's see, Dune, which I I guess, Mm. Seven, Fight Club, Troy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so a bunch of Brad Pitt movies, uh, Independence Day, Armageddon, Apocalypse Now, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I disagree, Jasper, I'm sorry, I cannot. Ferris Bueller's awesome, though. Yeah. And in fact, underrated because I don't think a lot of people today think of that movie immediately. Jasper brought up Donnie Darko as well. Huh. Hmm. Donnie Darko, I, I think I the see. hype, it feeds yes. its own hype a little bit. It, it's, I think Donnie Darko has the inception problem. Yeah. Like where, where if people go like, yeah. oh, you're going to yeah. have to And it's to got get, a, like you know. an insider's club quality, which can yeah. be annoying. Also, if you don't watch it at that time, like that year, then mm. it loses that novelty, right? Movies like that. So we've been talking today about overrated films and getting so many recommendations and hurtful messages about movies <laughs> and shows that we really like. So seems like the right time to call it. Um, if you'd like to keep those thoughts coming, though, we do read everything that gets sent our way. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Popcorn Culture, BFM 89.9. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.